Good morning on this Thursday morning. Welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets, food for thought and for the imagination. If you joined us yesterday, we we're talking about hindrances to prayer or to our prayer life or answered prayer. And we were talking about grieving the Holy Spirit and quenching the Holy Spirit. One was extinguishing and the other one was uh, saddening or uh, uh, basically uh, doing something, saying something, or not doing something, or not saying something that causes the Holy Spirit to be grieved in our lives. And those things that we mentioned, most of them had to do with communication, with the words that come out of our mouth. But of course, it did uh, mention in Ephesians about letting all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away uh, from us. We also had uh, looked at uh, Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupt communication, that, that word there, corrupt men, rotten uh, communication come forth out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying and that it may minister grace uh, to the hearer. Our words should be like salt that preserves, salt that protects, uh, salt that brings uh, healing and, and carrying ability in our lives. And those were the exact words that we find in the book of Isaiah in chapter 50, that our words should be those that bring uh, strength and encouragement and edification uh, to the weary, uh, how to speak a word in due season uh, comes from being able to listen or hear from our Father, from the Lord Jesus, from the Holy Spirit in our lives. In James chapter 4, in verse 1 and 2 onward, it says, From where do wars come from? And uh, it doesn't necessarily mean just natural warfare or, 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 or war amongst uh, 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 nations or countries or people. But war even within ourselves, where we're at war against the enemy and against our very own selves and fightings uh, among you, come they not hence even of your lust that war in your members. So he's talking about the battle that takes place between the mind and the body, the spirit and uh, the lust of the flesh, which we can find in the book of Galatians in chapter 5. So so we're bringing it actually uh, straight home. We're, we're not going worldwide and talking about all the wars that are taking place, uh, which of course many times that could be true where one country attacks another country uh, for uh, various uh, reasons. But here... James is talking about the wars that manifest themselves within us. And these wars or this fighting that takes place within us has a lot to do with lust. Lust being desiring with a very strong desire uh, things that are of a sensual delight. Sensual delight having to do with both 
a carnal nature, meaning we go back to living and walking by our soul, by our feelings, by our emotions, and by our so-called rational thinking or irrational thinking, instead of being guided by the Word of God, guided by the Holy Spirit in our lives. So that's what he's talking about, that, that different contrasts that exist. It says, you lust and you have not, you kill and you have desire to have, and cannot obtain, you fight and war, yet you have not, because you ask not. And yet the thing is, one may be asking, according to James 4.3, you ask and you receive not, because you ask amiss. The word amiss there is the word badly. We ask badly, whether it's physically or morally. Uh, we ask diseased. We ask evil. We ask grievously. We ask miserably. In other words, that's what amiss. We're, we're asking wrong. And then the motive behind the asking is that you may consume it upon your lust. Therein lies the problem that if we are going to ask, and it's not according to the Father's will, our Father which art in heaven, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Then, then yes, we're definitely asking wrong because the whole motive behind it is going to be to consume it upon what we want. Many times, without realizing it, we ask for more and for more, only so that we can have something that we can consume for ourselves. It has nothing to do with fulfilling the motive of love, the love of God in us. It has nothing to do with giving to the work of the gospel or being involved in the work of the gospel. It has nothing to do with getting uh, the message out, but it has to do with just us personally. It's my needs, what I want, uh, what I desire. And that is what James says. The reason we don't receive some of these things is because we're asking wrong. And not only are we asking wrong, the motive behind it is wrong. So the motive that should control or that should guide and lead our lives in our asking God has got to be one of love, selfless love. It is done because we want to please the Heavenly Father. It is done because we want to do the will of the Heavenly Father. And we want to be able to help others to be servants. We want to demonstrate the sonship of our life before others. The scripture says, do your good works, uh, that men may see your good works, uh, that they may glorify the Heavenly Father. They're the motive is basically that we're doing so that God can be glorified. We're not doing it so that man can be pleased, but so that God can be pleased in us.
And many times, a lot of the work that we are going to do, the things that we're going to do, the things that we're going to say may be in secret. And what do I mean by secret? When Jesus was teaching in Matthew chapter 6 on prayer, he said, when you pray, go into your closet, go into your little prayer room, go into your secret place, shut the door, shut everything out that can become a hindrance or something that can cause your thought life and your praying and your thinking to go in another direction where you can be distracted. But instead, sh shut the door and your father that is is there sees you in secret. He hears you in secret, but he will reward you openly. So don't be embarrassed and ashamed when God honors you. But God ultimately is the one that's going to be honored and glorified. <coughs> Excuse me. When people see your good works. And your good works stem from flowing from God. So then that means we have to know what to ask. So we have to be paying attention. We have to have an ear that is inclined and bent. We have to have an ear that is listening. Proverbs 3.1, my son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. What is the result of that? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 2, for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Notice the three things, length of days, long life, and peace. Now, those are three things that people are, are constantly looking for. Figuring out how they could live a little bit longer, how they can have longer or more days of, and then of life here on this earth. And also, peace. Peace being the shalom of God. The shalom of God, that's not just peace that things are quiet. But it means peace, the blessing of God that comes from God. Uh, it can be uh, uh, defined as well, happy, friendly, uh, uh, health, prosperity. Uh, it can be defined as uh, favor, friends. Uh, it can be defined as rest, safe. So all of these and the word there is holy. W-H-O-L-L-Y uh, -L -L means, in other words, to be complete. Now, these are the words of the Apostle John in the book of uh, uh, 3rd John, or the, the third epistle of John. It only has one chapter, uh, so it's just chapter 1. But in verse number 3, the scripture says, this This is the blessing that, that he, 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 he goes and says uh, in, in Third John chapter 1, verse 2, I'm sorry, I said verse 3. Verse 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou hast made prosper, be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. He's saying basically exactly the definition of shalom. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou may be in shalom, in peace, prosper, prosper 
in the work of your hands. Prosper in the words that you speak. Prosper in the things that you do for God. Prosper and be in health. That's going to add life and that's going to add days. Even as your soul prospereth, what does the soul have to do with it? Your mind is at peace. Your body is at rest, at his rest. And I'm not talking about asleep, but it is resting in faith in God. And he brings you to the place where even though we're physically working, he's the one that's doing the works in us and through us. And those are the exact words of Jesus. The works that I do, it's the Heavenly Father doing them. So basically, there's no struggling. There's no trying to uh, make a life for yourself by being obedient and giving heed to uh, God's word. Then length of days uh, and, and the word length there can just simply be, be defined as long days and days here can be defined as basically uh, the, the, the period of time and then long life. And they shall be added unto thee. Now, of course, this also matches up with the words that Jesus said in the book of Matthew. In uh, the book of Matthew in chapter number, uh, let me see, chapter number 6, verse 33. If I'm not mistaken, the scripture says this way. It says, concerning seeking the kingdom of God first, seeking Him first, and having all the other things added to our lives. This is, it says, but seek ye first, Matthew 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take no thought, therefore, for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now, the scripture is basically telling us that God is going to add these things by simply keeping his word, listening to his word. It says, verse number three, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about the neck, thy neck. Write them upon the tables of your heart. Some people uh, will write them on paper, will uh, uh, make sure that they're brought to memory or memorize them. But even more than that, which is good that you can do that, but even more than that, write them upon the tables of your heart because they're going to have an effect. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. And we can see this in the life of Jesus and John the Baptist, that as they grew up, they had both favor with God and with man. And Jacob, when he wrestled in prayer uh, with the Lord the night before he went to go meet uh, Esau, and, and sent forth his family uh, in sections uh, to go ahead of him. The Bible says he, he prayed and he prevailed 
uh, with God and he was called a prince because he found favor in the sight of God and now also favor in the sight of man. He had power uh, to do that. And favor simply means, it means grace, grace. Thou shalt find grace. And grace is an operating power in the life of the believer that where our strength and our ability ends, God picks up through his grace and takes us above and beyond the point of what we could not accomplish <clears throat> in our own strength or ability. Well, I see we've run out of time. Join us tomorrow as we continue along the line of this thing. But until then, the Lord richly and fully bless you in Jesus' mighty and powerful and glorious name. Amen.